Walk like it's for sale and the rent is due tonight. You walk like you're on crack. Walk as though you're walking through hell in gasoline-soaked pyjamas. After years of epic dinner parties, long lunches and boozy brunches, we bring you Shaken and Stirred. Or rather, we are Shaken and Stirred. Cheers. Do I look fat? Do I look creada puerca? On the, can you, do I look fat? No. Welcome back to Shaken and Stirred. And we are feeling fat, even if we're not looking fat. Um, I'm your host, Nigel Barker. I'm here with my co-host, Tom Astor. And our guest today is arguably the queen of the catwalk and sought after the world over for his expertise in all things fashion. He's one of my best on and off TV husbands. Uh, there's simply never a dull moment with Miss J in the house. Miss J. I, I, I think I think he's starting rumors about the husband part. Because <laughs> he's going to start some shit, and, you know. It's, <laughs> okay. Answer to it. Hi, everybody. How are you? How are you, Tom? Well, very well, thanks, Mr. Very nice to see you. you. Last, long time no see. Long time no see, I know. What yeah. are we drinking, Tom? Drinking gin and tonic. Well, Miss J is drinking a lemonade. Right, because he does not drink. Because he doesn't drink. Because yeah. he's pure, 100%. His body's a temple. Uh, Miss J does not drink. Nothing goes into that body. It is just pure beautifulness, right? It Jay? depends on what goes into the body, what part of the body we're talking about. <laughs> I think he, walks, he walked into that one. I, trust me, I'm not walking into anything. I, I'm reversing out very fast. Uh, well, so tell us about so, gin and tonic. So gin and tonic, we've, done, we've, covered, we've covered gin as a, as a creation which for premenstrual tension back in the 16th century. Do you know that? <laughs> Which is the reason why Tom loves this drink, actually. It's the premenstrual tension release that he particularly likes. We covered likes. the quinine and the tonic, which is good for mosquito bites in the days of the Raj when the English were out there. And mm. it's, a very, it's, a, it's a very popular English drink, actually, and oh. a Spanish drink. But you have got, you've got a good story about this, haven't and you? And what is my story about this is about the Queen Mother had a story about the gin and tonic. She was waiting for, for someone to come and give her a gin and tonic one day. And um, no one came. So eventually she went out of the room and poked her head up over the balcony and she could hear two two of the staff, two of the butlers or footmen in Buckingham Palace having an argument or a quarrel about something and she was she was heard this is an urban myth but it possibly is quite true. She was heard to shout down there, when you two old queens down there have stopped arguing, there's an old queen up here quite like a drink. And the staff of Buckingham Palace were have have always been um traditionally um gay. So there. There we go. So, so that was my story. A great story. I love it. It's a chin chin. So, so um, Cheers, Tom, which queen Cheers. were you down there? Huh? Which queen were you down there that was talk about that drink? It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a question. <laughs> you tell a story like you were really, really there. So I was assuming maybe you were one of the queens that she was talking about. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. But he does no, enjoy no. a good gin and tonic. And but look, Jay, <laughs> I have been so excited to get you on. I tried to get you on this show before, and I, you know, you've been avoiding me. You've been you're so busy. You've got a million things going on. Probably the most busy person I know. You know, you live all over. the the world let's just take it back a bit for a moment well first of all i wasn't trying to avoid you i went where there was a paycheck oh here i just get a goddamn fucking lemonade <laughs> and well you know <laughs> what can i say i did offer you a nice drink <laughs> I, maybe one day i can pay you from shaking and stir but right now all i can do is shake it and stir it <laughs> okay and i'll taste it let me see oh. Yes, not bad. Not bad. You like mm, it? That, 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 that approves. Okay, listen, let's talk for a second about something that I've always loved about you. Because I, I, you know, I've, I have all the guests that come on Shaken and Stirred. I have to do a bit of research. But with you, there was no real research. I've known you. We've worked together on America's Next Top Model for years. Mm-hmm. We became fast friends. And I, I, feel, I felt like working on a show like that, that you, know, you, you look to find friends on the cast, people who you can go to, people who you can trust, you know, people you can talk to. Mm-hmm. And despite our differences, and obviously we come from very different walks of life, actually you were one of my closest people on set, and we've remained friends for years after that. Yes, that's... Somewhat true. Yeah. Why do you think that? Well, why, why, well, first of all, do you mean somewhat true? <laughs> somewhat yeah, what, true. what does that mean? Yeah, somewhat there. true, yeah, that we became fast and the best. Yeah, okay. I take that back, swallow about. Yes, it's true. So why do you think that's, why do you think that's the case? I mean, what, why, what, for you, what, what did you see in me? I'm just curious because I, I don't think I could be more different. A juicy ass. Well, there you go. That's all it takes, people. <laughs> there you have it. Well, I've, I've never, been, sorry, I've never saw, I've, I've, 
I was at school with him. I've never that's never really? been something that's got on my radar. Really? And we've been friends since since school, but well, that I was just, never been a reason. Really? Oh. Actually, so I'm I, sharing a room with him at the moment, and I tell you something. No. No, I take. I think you know what he's absolutely lying now because he definitely was looking at my ass this morning. I tell you, I could just tell. Tell us, it's left eye. Yeah, we went to a boarding school in England and together, and we had shared a dormitory. And here we are in New York City, and we're staying at the hotel in Times Square. And Tom and I are actually sharing a room, so it feels very much like old school boy days. And I swear to God that you know it's it's taken us back to us being sort of thirteen year old kids. The sounds, the noises. Well, the the thing about it is, is that. I saw Nigel before I met Nigel. I saw Nigel in Paris at the, in the Chanel show, and I forgot who he was hoisting up in the air on his shoulders. I remember that show. It was um, Megan, and uh, it was originally Naomi Campbell, actually. When I hosted, you were modeling. When I was yes. modeling, I hoisted Naomi Campbell onto my shoulders, and she kicked and screamed and didn't want to be on my shoulders and actually slightly sort of scratched my chest at the time. Carl mm. Lagerfeld told me, her to put, you know, for me to put her down, and then Megan... Uh, Douglas. Douglas went onto my shoulders, and that's why I marched down there. And Nadia Orman, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. So I remember that. So, I mean, and I, I, you know, when I went on to the show on Top Model, I went on to the show with no expectation. I just went on there, kind of, okay, what am I doing? It's my first time doing TV as such. And I, there was a lot of problems for me because I didn't understand TV, how it worked, you know, music you couldn't use, what you, I, girls need music to you know how to walk, they need to feel the rhythm, the beat. And I couldn't use anything. They went to hear me speak, and I'm thinking it was just all a big hodgepodge. And I think when I met Nigel, Nigel was just very. I was the same. I'd never been on television yeah. either. I think that's true. That's a good point. Top Model was interesting, and this is not. I don't want to necessarily go on about Top Model on this show. I want to talk about you, mm-hmm. but I do think, and it's a big part of our relationship. But you're right. You, myself, even um, you know Jay Manuel and Tyra to some extent, although Tyra had television expertise. This was different. This was reality TV. Yeah. And we, you know, you were a runway coach. I was a photographer. Jay um, was a makeup artist. And, you know, and we all kind of did our thing. But no, I feel like that's why we kind of glued, because we didn't really know what we were doing. So we needed yeah, each other. Exactly. So we sort of like leaned on each other. And um, there was times there were discussions on things that made sense to me that didn't make sense to Nigel. Nigel made sense to me. He kind of clarified it. And... Then we start to learn how to um, navigate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say communicate, navigate through, you know, when one speaks, when one doesn't speak, you know, um, when Nigel would try to bully you into going on his side for the girl that he wanted. And, you know, it was kind of hard sometimes. You know? Oh, yeah, like I could do any bullying of this one. I mean, he had an opinion. It was, it was done and it was, it was set and it was said and there was no taking it back. And even if I said something more brilliant, they were going to use what Miss J said because he said it in a funnier way. So I just had to be as smart as I possibly could yes, be. Yes, clever, yeah. And, and he was. You know, he was. He knew how to get around. I, was always, I always admired um, just how sort of tenacious you were and how you never backed down. And that's something which is part of your character in general. I mean, you don't take bullshit from anybody. Where does that come from? I don't know. I remember, I remember you said something to me at a premiere of a film, a documentary. You said, Jay, you just have this thing about you that it's inbred. I don't, know, I don't know where it comes from. I'm number seven of 10 kids. I grew up in the South Bronx. Um, my mother was five foot four, five three, five four. My father was six one. And my mother so was where do you come from then? It's from the my great grandfather uh, Jacob Cohen, yes, Cohen C O H E N, side wow. of the family from Charleston, South Carolina. And my mother would say, her exact words, you know, I can curse on this, I guess. I yes, can. you can. Go ahead. It's all if a motherfucker hit you, hit him back. So if you hit me, I hit your ass back. But I always had a lot of mouth. I always, if it wasn't right, it didn't feel right. I just wouldn't do it. I just felt let me do things that I like to do, things that I enjoy doing. And um, there's a lot of stuff happening now in the world that I always sit back and I say, sorry, how come, the, how come this never happened to me? And I think... What are you talking about? You mean so, gen- gender uh, inequality yeah, or I mean people yeah. judging you because they... they well, judging gender inequality, uh, being beaten up because you're gay. Those things never happened to me. Mm. And I don't know why. And I said, maybe because I was walking the street and read like, oh, motherfucker, I wish you would. But it's also you're very you're tall. Aren't you? No, well you know that you know that like to take to do down with? you know they like to take down the giraffe every now and then. Oh. They like you know get on them and take yeah, them down. Yeah, but yeah. it's something about this stuff that what's on my mind is on my tongue. 
And I think that's part of being honest so that way there's no, when people come back at you with something, you could say, no, no, no. Well, you're unafraid. <laughs> you're completely unafraid. You're one yeah. of the, and I think for me, what, what, why I got sort of, why I was so attracted to you as a person, as a friend, is because I've rarely seen someone who had the guts to just be themselves unapologetically and to, you know, re really just live their life and go through something especially as, as fake as television, mm. where you're given sort of things to say, they have an idea, they want to produce you, and you really couldn't produce Miss J. Yeah. You know, and they, were, they would often sometimes even come to me and sort of say, Nigel, will, would you ask him to do this? Well, even on reality television, oh, the whole yes. thing's completely Well, yeah. not completely, but they do, because ultimately, for example, Miss J wouldn't be produced, so no. Yeah. You know, if Miss J didn't want to, then no. And the same with me. Because uh, Yeah, because I thought if it was reality, I thought, well, this is, if this is reality TV, this is how it really happens. Tell it like this it is. is. Yeah, this is how I speak. Like they would give me things to say. I'm like, that's not how I speak. That's not how I speak. As gay as I am, I'm not the oh girl, hey girl. That's that's mm. not me. That's just not oh, me. Yes, so it I is. <laughs> that's a complete lie, by the way. <laughs> that, on the other hand, is a complete lie. See, he does lie, but it's different when he he's choosing to lie now. Because absolutely, you only have to watch America's Next Top Model to hear him say, "Girl, girlfriend." <laughs> No, but that's not, I mean, it's really not my, it's not my verbiage during the day. It's, I'm just not that person. You know, I went to my very first gay pride in 2016. Wow. Ever. And why is that? Because uh, the then CEO, Chris Elgato, asked me if I could join the floor. And I thought, what am I going to do? It's so he a, is the CEO he of, was, he was of Kiehl's. Kiehl's. Yes, he was the CEO of Kiehl's. So they sent over some t-shirts. I cut them apart and cut the logo out and I actually hand stitched them to my white jeans to make them look just make it be special. And I remember getting on the float and thought this is a lot of gayness in the area. And I got on the float. So you freaked out by gays then? No, I'm not no 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 not at all. They, they fascinated No earlier you just said earlier you said like I know I never got any of the gay issues. I never had people trying to beat me up. No, and then no, you're no. like I never went to gay pride. No, I and just then when never you went on the gay float and you said there's a lot of gayness I around me. There's a lot of gayness around me, you know, and that gayness is a lot of gay love. I mean it's a lot of the, the fans and that's when I really felt it. I was like, wow, and I became very emotional once we got down towards Chelsea because they became closer to you in the street and, you know, the screaming and the crying. So I've done the next one and then the one after that. And it's quite powerful, actually. So you either need to be paid or you need adoration to be there. No, now I understand. No, that's not true. So if you it's want just... to book Miss J, I can give you his number at the end of the show. And it's adoration plus payment. Check, please. Cash, actually. Show me the money. Well, I mean, it is a business, but that wasn't the reason why I went. I just went because a friend asked me to come, like night class when he came here, so I showed up. Yeah. It's not gay pride, it's called gay pay. It's different. It's, I, I it. No, it's not gay for pay. It's, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> gay you, pride. You talked about something very interesting just now. You said you went to this particular um, affair. They, they had some white T-shirts. You cut them up. You made something. You were famous for this. I, yes. again, was super impressed You've got, if you, you know, you watch America's Next Time Model, we've got, I don't know how many episodes we were on, I think over 200 or something crazy between the two of us, or maybe hundreds more than that, 18 seasons, whatever it is. You used to make your outfits every week. Yes. And it was a thing. I mean, yes. where does that come from? And how did you learn to do that? Where does the inspiration come from? Because I was bored to death sitting there. <laughs> I was bored to death sitting there. I couldn't afford to go out there and buy the clothes that I wanted to buy. And then I'm always creative. I mean, again, being... Having three other brothers, I would take their hand-me-downs and make them look new so I wouldn't be teased going to school. Oh, you wearing your brother's stuff from last year. Oh, fuck off, you know. But sitting there, when I became a judge, they kept what am I going to do? I'm just sitting here. What, what am I going to do from the waist up? So I sat at home and thought in Paris, what should I do? So I thought, I know what I'll do a bit. Because I, you know, I like a, to make something old look new. So I would add a bow or a flower or something to it just to give it a little bit of a, a, a rebirth. And I did this corsage, and it was huge. And I thought, I know what I'm going to do. Each week, I'm going to take one off when the girl gets voted off, and I'm just going to drop it, and at the end will be one left. And then it started a trend with the bow ties, with the afro, with the numbers, with the Getting sleeve. bigger and bigger or smaller and smaller, or something would happen, right? It would yes. move. It would change. It would morph. Well, when you get excited, things do get a little bit bigger. I mean, so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, hence, we're all giants. <laughs> so, and I've been creative, and I still create things. This is very, very day. I created everything I've ever wanted at show. I created everything. And no one knew what I was doing until I showed up on set.
And then I was going, okay. And Tara said, what are you doing? I wouldn't want to tell. She said, no, but I need to do for the intro. So I can say each week, this is what's happening. No, the show started to get designed around you. I would get memos from before production that this is what Miss J is doing this season. And this is what the color of what he is wearing. Therefore, my, whatever I was wearing was somehow going to have to go along with it. And once in a while, we, 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 I'd have a matching tie because I was yeah. probably the most uncreative person when it came to wardrobe. But then, yeah. listen, I, you know, how does one compete and compare? Well, we weren't. And here's the thing is at least you and I were not competing with each other. There was no competition. We just show up at what's So who were do. you com- competing with? No, I was competing with. with anybody. I was competing with my own goddamn self because I outdo me. I was like, so what am I going to do next year? And the moment that show be finished, I would think, if I go back, if I come back, if they have me back, what will I wear? What will I do? Mm. And sometimes it would be literally, I swear to God, the week before, I would say, I know what I'm going to do. And that's what I would do. I love it. He said, you know, if I would come back. This is Mrs. Miss J's, like, the, your, this is your ammo. I mean, you basically have everyone on edge that you're not sure that you're going to come back, that this is maybe the last time he's ever going to be here. Sounds to, me like, sounds to me like, actually, it's more of a realist thing. That you, well, never know when, you never know when exactly. you're not going to get invited back. Exactly. And, that, and, that's, uh, and that's... He was always invited back. No, and then, la, 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 la. But once you start thinking... Tom, I... I no, you are being very you. sweet, Tommy. This is exactly what he wants you to believe. No, 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 no. No, 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 Tom is right. I'm just being realistic about everything. You never know. No, you, you know, never know. You're, 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 good as your, you're good as your last fashion show. No. You're good as your last picture. You're good as your last whatever this that you do. Well, and that dose of realism actually dictates that you're never going to get disappointed. So you, you can forge on through. with. And that actually may be good. Now that you said it to me, it could be, you know, yeah, something. Well, yeah, well, you never know. So you just keep it moving. I think my attitude is very like, you like me, you don't. There, there is no. There, I think I'm saying no something different there. What my point here is is that Miss J was more threatening that he would not come back. It's not that they wouldn't have him back. <laughs> it's whether he wished to come back. So unless you behave yourself, unless you tow my line, I'm not coming back. There's a little bit of that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't see that. I just thought, well, you know, who knows? It was always that. Oh, who knows? You come at that like like the judge today to come back. You come back anyway. Look, we lasted for a very long time on that show. Moving on. So, anyway, so moving um, on. Look, you're, you're a very flamboyant person. You mentioned the, your family. How, you're, let's talk but about I'm also very conservative in many, many Sounds many, like self-confidence self instead, of, instead of overconfidence, right? Oh, no. no, no, no I, yeah, for sure. I would never say overconfident because I, having watched him, I know this, it's not overconfident because it's, he fully matches whatever the confidence level is there. He's there. Hmm. I mean, he's ready to throw down and fight if needs be. And I've seen him. I've seen that happen in places that we've been in the world where you've, you've got mad. And I'm like, he's not shrinking violet okay. so all those people that, that we've been in discussion with in the fashion world who we've been hearing about how incredibly insecure everyone is from the designers to the, are we are we suddenly with miss j is he suddenly our first uh non you know confident uh, is he off the first confident non you know, secure i have a story about that let's hear it um nigel and i were invited to do the christmas parade in la and we were in the back of that convertible. And we started screaming, you know, gay rants and all that anti this, blah, 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 blah. And of course, you know, what's on my mind is on my tongue. Where I spit, no grass grows. Literally. And as I was about to like to jump out the car and just go fight, Nigel has a grip on me like, like JJ, don't, 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 like, don't. He was so, about to get off the parade yeah, car and yeah, basically yeah, knock yeah. down the pedestrians yeah, who were like cheering and chanting and, yeah, you know, anti, screaming sort of anti-gay. Yes, yeah, saying that I, me trying to be a woman. I'm not trying to be a woman. My dick is too big to be cut and make a pussy. So that's a clip. That would be a deep asshole, but it'll be cutting for about two weeks. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> so I like playing with it too much. So it's not going anywhere. You're trying, you're trying to be a woman. You think you're a woman. I don't think I'm a woman. I just put on what the fuck I want to put on and pay it no mind. Whether it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 1 o'clock in the morning, 8 a.m. or 9 o'clock at midnight, I just do it if I feel it, that's it. This whole genderless dressing thing, I've been doing that for years. So now it has a name. No, no. And that's popular. It's like, no, I've been you doing You should have coined shit. a name. I should have been doing that shit for I years. I think you, you, know, you, you basically coined the term no filter. <laughs> I mean, that is really your hashtag. <laughs> Whenever I see it, I just think Miss J. Yeah, I could be a producer's nightmare from time to time. You can see them kind of cringe, like, like, oh God, what's going to come out of his mouth? But then Anthony Dominici told me something. Just say we can edit around it. 
because it, it ruins the flow. You know what I mean? Just going to lose the flow because if it's real, like I said, it's reality TV. I'm thinking, well, this is real. This is real. It doesn't get more real than Miss J. You are the real deal, 100%. I'm curious to know, are there other members of your family who are flamboyant like you or have your kind of confidence? Is it something that is a family thing? Mm, not that I know of. So you are just one of a kind. Yeah, when they, maybe they broke the mold. Oh, that's for sure. I, I mean, Ooh, I, I can't even imagine there was a mold. Something's vibrating between my legs. What is that? It must be my cell phone. Well, uh, yeah. well, there you go. And, and this is what it was like. You've got to understand, sitting next to him at the judging panel, you know, there's some of the things that would go on half the time. On, on the top, we'd be all dressed up and he'd be all smart. But on the bottom, he'd have all kinds of strange things going on. Well, it would be sometimes you're tucking your powder puff underneath you, you know, a napkin or something. Or I know in my head I was going to probably do something. There was one time the girl had too much makeup and we were talking about her. And I took a cloth that was kind of dusty and dirty and I went across her face and said, oh my gosh, she's wearing too much, you know, uh, was it, I think it was bronzer. Mm -hmm. And I said, we just clean her face a bit. When I cleaned her face, I pulled it up and I had brown makeup on it. <laughs> and then Tyra just fell out and I looked at me laughed and just shook his head very like, like, where do you come up with this shit? Uh, insane. I mean, just it was a white girl, was white girl just bronzing herself up with so much shake and bake and, mm. and, and terracotta powder. I was like, mm -mm. Didn't, didn't, mm -mm. No. Do you have a favorite top model moment? And then we can move off the top model concept. Uh, there's a lot of them. I mean, probably too many to mention. I can even mention a few. You have to think back. It's been a lot of shows. It's been a lot of. Um, Stuff. Eh. Well, I think for me, I think just just to sort of talk about that for a second, you know, I, obviously I asked the question, but it, it, it is that it was it wasn't so much that we what we saw on show, it was what happened during and around the show that I mm -hmm. enjoyed so much. I mean, we spent a lot of time together. Um, you know, you got to know my photo assistants, people like Marcus and mm -hmm. Ali who traveled with me, my wife Chrissy, and my children were born during that time mm -hmm. period. You've always been incredibly generous with my son Jack. Um, you know, and you are a family man too. I mean, that's another thing which we shall talk about. But it, I think it's interesting for me. Those were my favorite moments were getting to know you, the the Jay that was off screen. And actually, one of the things I would tell people was that he's pretty much what he see on screen is what he is off screen. And that's I think was the secret of of the success of the show. Is so many of us, mm. you know, we that's who we are and that's who we were, mm -hmm. and we continue to be. I mean, f for me, once. It was, we finished filming, it was like off. I was just, for me, it was like, okay, so I'm not filming, but I'm still myself. I'm still being that person. I just wasn't in front of the camera doing it. And um, sometimes it was really, really long hours, and sometimes you could think, kind of, God, she, she ain't going to be no damn model. Like, you knew it. Yeah, you just, I just, some girls you just kind of thought, mm. and there's a few girls that I thought, mm, why didn't she make the casting? How come she didn't make the house? So I, saw, I saw potential in some girls that never made it. Right, but it was a judging panel. I mean, ultimately, you know, yeah. I mean, there were girls that I liked got kicked off as well. It just happens. I mean, you, you know, that's why we'd fight for them. And that's why I yes. try and use my mind control yes. over the entire judging panel and try and convince people by putting arguments in their head that they couldn't dispute and just trying to get my way. And at, yes, and at times it made me kind of go, maybe. I would have to think, like, maybe. And Nigel would do it with such a convincing face. Well, it was the English accent, really, that just convinced everyone. I didn't, it was actually bullshit most of the time, but I would just say it in an English accent, and at which point somehow it seemed like it was correct. Like you an know. English, like a BBC broadcast. All of a sudden, it was. We were, I was very lucky. Cause talking this is about, like EastEnders, like, right, like around Albert Square, <laughs> really. No, it's definitely not EastEnders. <laughs> You know, Doctors or all my favorite shows that I watch at home in Paris. Oh. You know, I, I watch, those are some of my favorite shows that I watch all the time. Which one? What the English soap operas? Yeah, well, I, I, I absolutely love EastEnders. I'm an EastEnders fanatic. Let's take it. it back a bit. Let's take it, I want to take you back. I want to take you back to, you were a model yourself. You modeled, you were signed with Elite. You did runway shows. It was just this really weird thing that. When was um, this? What time? What time? We're talking, what era about, we we're talking about late 80s, early 90s. So, actually. same time as me. Because I was walking on Madison Avenue, this woman stopped me from Joe Germani named Cathal Carnegie. She said, You should go see the designer. And I said, Who? And she said, Jean Paul Gaultier. I thought, Okay, he was doing the show in New York. You should model for him. And I did the show. Then a couple of young local designers who were working at this place on 
St. Mark's Place. It was called, I think maybe Boutique 109, I think it was called. So they were doing clubs, like fashion shows in clubs, like the Limelight and Xenon. And then they started putting me in those shows. Then Monique Pilau, who we just lost a few months ago, who was then running Elite with John Casablanca, she said, you should go to Japan. That's when I met my still then agent, Hitomi Shigata. Hitomi-san, genki desu ne. Hai, daijou. Straight on it. So I would go see Hitomi. She said, you, do you want to come to Tokyo? Yes. And I ended up going to Japan. So one year went into two. And before I knew it, I was living in Japan. And that's how, and it was short-lived. You know, I was like, okay, fantasy's over. And they said, you should go to Paris. And I've been in Paris ever since. And then it was going to see people in Paris, being that same outrageous person. People were a little bit afraid of it, but some took the risk. But then there was a few girls who I knew well, I was just helping them backstage. So stand up straight when you walk. Walk like this. And then the very first person to... Now, how did you know that that was the right way to walk? I'm curious about that because you're telling them what to do. Now, yeah, but You had I, an innate sense, right? With body posture, you know, how they were standing up, how they were moving. And then I would watch shows of girls who were the runway girls who were doing shows. And I began to watch how they were placing their hands. Oh, so in that show, they place their hands like this. In this show, they hold the shawls like that. And this is how they take the coats off here. I watched how that was all done. You got, you're educating yourself. Yeah, but just looking at it. And then I just helped a few girls who did not walk. I said, stand up straight when you walk. I said, walk more like this. And I began to imitate their bad walk so that they could see what they looked like to my eyes. And I said, hey, we're going to make a few changes here and there. And the first girls I worked with was Angelica Kalio, who was um, Finnish, and Drotske. And um, I lived with her and her then boyfriend, Alan, in Paris. So I was showing her. And then it went into this whole thing with Claudia Mason, Susan Holmes, making Douglas, that whole crowd. And all of a sudden it just kind of boom, 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 boom. But then it was Carlos D'Souza, who was then running things at Valentino, who said to me, I see you helping the girls backstage. Some girls need help. I have a really beautiful, beautiful girl that I think you should come see. She should come see you. And that's how the link you became the runway coach. Yeah, because it started with just only elite models. I went I, for three or five years, and I went with any other agency other than the elite girls. So, what have you? Do you have a favorite runway show you've ever done of all time? I think any show that I did with John uh, Galliano was my favorite. And why? What and was so special? Because it was pure fear. And with Alexander McQueen, Lee McQueen, those are my two favorites because the girls could really do the drama. I mean, they can carry on. And I can just go back from the wind tunnel that Galliano did. I can go back from when he did the, the Gold Fleece when he was designing the Givenchy, um, Alexander McQueen, when he did the um, Joel Peter Whitkin, sort of with the girl with the mask on and the, in the glass box. I mean, it was so many shows. So my vision on production level and things like that that I've seen has been quite, quite educational. And it's on-the-job training, I call it. None of what I do, I went to education. I mean, went to school for. I went to school to be an accountant. That's my job. That's could you imagine Miss J, runway coach extraordinaire, could have been your accountant? Yes. That, <laughs> that is something which I think is possibly one of the most extraordinary yeah. things. So that's, why it comes that, so that's why it comes on tax time and people pay me my money. Don't mess with Miss J. Okay, nope. You said that was supposed to be uh, $199.99. Why is it $199.96? We're missing two cents here. I'm very that way. Mm. Yeah, it's about tight. This, it's, it's called. No, it's not tight. It's called a goddamn business. And sorry, sorry. Let me take you know, folks will get you when you turn your back. You talked about caricatures for a moment there. You're sort of talking about exaggerating, exaggerated looks, and that's a big thing in fashion, isn't it? Especially on runway shows, mm -hmm. and even in many ways, when you're copying these girls' walks, you're sort of doing a caricature of, yes. of their walk. Yes, you know, that's become a, almost a signature of kind of how you do things on television. I mean, I've seen, you know, I've watched you myself yeah. in real time. Where does that come from? That, that that ability to sort of mimic. I mean, it's you know, you 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 are very good with languages. You know, you're, you know, you can, yeah. someone can say one or two words to you and all of a sudden you suck, suck that in and you spit it right out again and you've like imitated them. You've done a caricature. Where does that come from? And he's true. When I suck it in, I never swallow. Great. I spit it right back. There you go. <laughs> you heard that here. You heard that here first. <laughs> shaking and stirred. Yeah. It depends. Anyway, <laughs> it's just, I guess it's that, just having that talent just to be crazy. And I know 
I think maybe because I don't really take myself that serious, but I do take my job serious when I'm doing it, but I have fun with it. I mean, because I think I can get you to do what I need to do without making you cry, without the beat down. But my voice does change, and the tone of my voice changes when I'm frustrated. I'm like, you know, okay, I make you do it again, but I say it really like with a bit of a bite to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I've done with girls also too, from different countries. You know, you got Ruski, Paul, and you know we have this. How many languages do you speak? I communicate in a few of them, and I never like to say why, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> when you talk shit about me, I answer you back, and I always get very, very shocked. And I just did another TV show called I Supermodel in China, and it was all. Chinese girls. I was the only foreigner on that entire show for two years. Wow. 380 million viewers. Did you learn the language? Yeah, too much Oh, what does that God, mean? God, God, God. Well, the problem, this is the, this is the, the next question I was about to ask you, by the way, was the Finnish you've done, the Japanese you've done, the it's, Chinese today on the show. Do we have to get that before this goes out? <laughs> do we have to get it translated? It's, it's, it's just. This is the first uh, podcast that comes uh, with uh, subtitles. <laughs> no, it's just the first thing for me was just imitating the sounds, not knowing what you were saying, just as the inflection is just. Cantonese versus Mandarin. I said, when you hear the Finnish, you know, I remember arriving in Finland for the first time and thinking, these are some long ass streets, the names, only to find out when I got in the car, I said, hi. Because, you know, being American, you think everybody speaks English. Hi. Moi. Um, I'm going to this street here. Um, it's one, Pona 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 Vorden Katu Pona Vorden Mangatan. And they said, Mita? What? And then when he said it to me, he showed me the paper and he says, Oh, here in Finland, we have the streets and two languages. We have them in Finnish and we have it in Swedish. So, the Svenska. So, you have it in the Finnish language and the second street because there's a small population of Finnish of Swedes that live in Finland, even though they really don't get along too well. So you just start imitating the sounds and phonetically writing things down. So you're just a natural when it comes to linguistics. Yeah, it's just this, it's picking up the sounds. I mean, I can't understand you speaking English most of the time, so I'm just <laughs> extraordinarily impressed that you speak all these other languages. Well, Finnish is the most difficult after Hungarian, isn't it? Yeah, because it's the sound similar, but yeah. it means nothing the same. It, and it's the sounds, so when you go to the Swedish language, it's just the A, the O, O, A, A, E, it's those sounds. You know, hey, you know, it's those, and you imitate. Here comes your caricature it. too, because you don't just imitate. It's the You're taking it to a whole nother level. I mean, it's sort of like, put a chicken in the oven. I mean, you really take it to a whole nother place where you can't help but smile and laugh. I know because I have to laugh because I'm imitating what I'm seeing. I'm yeah. actually looking at and how they do with the facial expressions. And when they get drunk, you know, you kind of go there too. So it's sort of, um, yeah, it's one of those things. Not bad for a black boy from the South Bronx. Not at all. Not bad at all. Now, social media, you have a huge following. People love you. They love to love you. They love to, you know, adore over every little thing you do. And you have an expression that you write. And every time I see it, it makes me smile. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, friends and fans. Is how you address so many of your, you know, yeah. your IG posts. Where does that come from? Tell because me. some of my fans, are, it's night. All around the world. Yeah. yeah, they're all around the world. Sun never sets on your Instagram. Exactly. So, and But I was told this would be a time that I should do it. I was told that I should post this time, this many times a day in the week. Some, I just don't. I can't sit at a fashion show or an event and take pictures and post. I think it's so disrespectful when you're sitting front row. So I want to, you know, take it all in. And then I may get home and just decide to do it two or three days later. I'm still posting stuff from the Oscars. No kidding. I'm still posting stuff from the Oscars. I mean, I, I um, think we're all shocked that you were invited. But anyway. Yeah, well, you know. Or I mean, invited it's, back. Sorry, it's not what I meant the first time I was That's there. That's what I mean. Well, invited <laughs> back. Sorry, let me rephrase. But I'm going to tell you right now, when you get... I in the room, Nigel, and even Jay Manuel, the celebrities kind of get a little bit nervous because they automatically feel that they have to be on, and I'm always surprised by that. I am so surprised. When I was with Regina King at the table, and she just said, we got to get a picture. She said, oh, and I can feel her body shifting. Oh. I'd be clicking. She said, she said, you didn't think that I watched that TV show. These goddamn things didn't learn something from you guys. 
and they're nervous. I mean, Julianne Moore. I mean, I met her at a funeral, and she was just like over, overexcited. And these stories—you can make even people excited, overexcited at a funeral. That's just yeah. the power of Miss J, right there. And <laughs> I kind of think, and, and right away, they even in restaurants, I've seen them with Nigel I O J. Because we are oh. stronger as a trio. That's very, very clear. It's, it's, it's evident. When people get sick on the street, they get all big. The walks start changing. Everybody oh. has this attitude because they feel right now that we are walking the street as a trio and judging them. It's well, a walk-off on, oh, uh, on the sidewalk. That's a good show. The, the walk-off. No, the judging trio. But then I'm not surprised. The three musketeers. I'm hmm. not surprised. Really to again, it's the confidence thing again. You know, people freaked out by people who, are, who, are, who know, them, know their own minds and know themselves and are confident enough to say and and be who they are and say what they are. And know. I guess, you know, big there are very black, few people who, do, who, who actually live like that. A big black cross-dresser is another thing, you know, that can be frightening for somebody at the same time. It's <laughs> like, Jesus. And I've been getting a lot of lately from the LGBTQ community. Thank you for what you've done for us. I keep thinking, what, what have I done? And then one said to me, this is what you've done. You sat down on TV as a black man being yourself, just being no excuses, no boundaries, just being you, which has allowed us to do that. And I kind of go, oh, because I think... To be an, an icon, I should be out there protesting, out there with a big mm -hmm. sign, you know, out there, you know, screaming for rights. And it's just not my thing. I just did my thing, not caring what you thought about me. And that's how it has always been for me. And you, you talked about how you've not really ever experienced sort of bullying in a gay rights if, you know, from, from the sort of people who are the anti-gay community. Mm -hmm. what, are you, what is your opinion right now on what's happening in the world as far as gay rights? Because obviously we've sort of, you know, we've thought we, I felt that we were progressing. And just recently, it seems like we've taken a couple of steps back. No, I think, listen, as I said, I'm going to speak. I just said to, during, during an interview, I can't speak for what's happening. People say, oh, Jesse Smollett has just taken us back at the LGBTQ back 10 years. He's taken himself back. He didn't take me back. I can't, he cannot speak for the entire gay and LGBTQ world. Whatever he did, we're friends. I want to support him either way. Therefore, you need help somewhere along the line. You need support. Why you did it, we don't really know why. I can't answer, give you answers without the facts. And I think for me, we've come a long way. We still have a way to go. I explained to people at the Vanguard once a couple of years ago, a woman was very angry because she introduced the woman on staff and, and called her she. And the woman kind of went off on her. And I kind of thought, and the woman was confused. She said, my pronouns are this, and my, I'm non-binary, and I don't answer that. It's them, they, or they. And I'm thinking like, Okay, Jalen Sanders, she's not raising her voice, said, she should let your top lip meet your bottom lip and keep your mouth shut, but it bothered me to that night on stage, and I had to just address it. We're in a pronoun sensitivity situation right now. People still are learning. Once we get used to the LGBTQ, then you're adding an I and an A, you're adding another alphabet to it. Well, people often say with you, I've heard many, many times when people have interviewed even the cast members of America's Next Top Model, they'll say, Miss J, she... He, or is it she, or is it he, she, he, yeah. you know, like, but you don't really care. You've no, never no. cared. And I tell the people I answer, to, Tom, I answer to everything. One thing you can't do is hit me, because if you hit me, I'm going to knock your ass back. So that's the one thing I tell people I answer to every derogatory, I answer, I don't care, just don't touch me. But at the same time, there's a whole generation of people who are walking into the state. Now it's the whole pansexual thing that's happening. But for a lot of people who are kind of itching for itching for something to kind of to beat the, the you know gay, gay community up with right because there are mm -hmm. people just waiting so oh, yeah, yeah yeah you know they're waiting for someone to screw up like like um like you know your friend the other day doing that you know, doing that sort of whole fake thing you know um and they're, they're kind of jumping on it, you know they jump on anything mm -hmm. um and i think a half the problem in in, in life is if everyone just treated everybody else as they would want to be treated then we'd be just fine, wouldn't we? As, if, as long as you put yourself in the position of being... Yeah, just that's, If that works for you, fine, support it. I okay, mean, I have a question. Not, not exactly playing devil's advocate, but as far as, you know, obviously the bathrooms, for example. Men's room, women's room. Just lift up the goddamn seat and put it down. I sit. So which one do you go in? <laughs> Men's or women's? Whichever's available. Okay, so... And if, I seriously, whatever, no matter what I'm wearing. And I've... So is that the answer? Is the answer to get rid of men's and women's bathrooms and just have bathrooms? Yes. Well, I had this conversation the other day with my governor. I said, you know, women are always saying, can you cut, you know, if you're living with a woman, she's always like, can you put the seat down after yeah. you've taken? And my argument is, 
No, when you finish, lift yeah, the seat up. up. Yeah. yeah. What's so the difference? Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah, you know. well, but you have to touch the seat. That's the difference, Tom. Well, you can do your foot. Nice. But I sit. I, 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 I hoover. Not if you've got a bare foot. Jesus. sharing a bathroom with him at the moment. Yeah, so I... I just No, Nigel, I'll just use... I mean, some... I always sit down is the answer to that. Me too. I've gone to a few bathrooms that actually just recently that had genderless you know so it's what does that mean that sort of no one goes in you know, <laughs> no, it means there's no genderless because gender. male or female i'm not genderless male female or trans i mean you can kind of go in there right now gender you know, fluid isn't it gender yes yeah there's, there's the whole thing with oh. gender fluidity i mean there's so many different names that's up under the umbrella and right now you because know, it's not black and white oh, no, I tell, yeah. no, and I, I read this morning this is absolutely brilliant i mean this is for anybody who, who really can't cope with any any you know, with the sort of gay, the LGBT, BGT, whatever, mm -hmm. who really doesn't, you know, can't get their head around the whole, um, the whole gay thing. Malaysia, the tourist minister, the minister for tourism in Malaysia, has today announced that um, there are no gays in Malaysia. So there you have it, people. It's been announced. <laughs> he, he announced. He came out on the news and said there are no. We do, we don't have this. We don't, issue. Have, we don't, we have, don't have gay this, issues. We don't have gay. We issues. don't have gay people in Malaysia. There are no. Apparently, there are no gay people in Malaysia, which I thought was rather an amazing thing to read. Well, I'm not going to Malaysia anytime soon. And it sounds this, incredibly dull. And this is how I respond to that. <laughs> right. That's extraordinary. It's like it's an extraordinary. Knowingly. Yeah. You know, allegedly, there are no gay people in Malaysia. No, factually. I mean, he was came out as a government minister, and he's announced that we we do not have gay. It's you know. so. Where are they? Well, if they're lucky enough, they've escaped. Nigel or Tom, can you answer that question? I mean, well, after you you know have another gin and tonic or two, but can you do you get shit faced all day long while you're here? Try not to. Okay, he's, he's not that color just naturally. Okay. You know, he. I think he was born. He was like a, a, a ruddy color, and then he's sort of maintained it. And you know, mm -hmm. he is pretty much one hundred percent proof, Tom. But the world is changing. The world is changing rapidly. And I mean, there's still a few people. In five to 10 years, as I say, men will be able to walk the street with their trans girlfriends or wives and be comfortable with it because that generation who's been supporting it is going to be older. And right. then those who don't. And I mean, kids. Well, my, right my now, kids, our, your kid, my kid, our kids have been brought up and my, they have no even idea or real care in the world about whether someone's gay or not gay or you know straight whatever they just they really have no you know we have just so many friends obviously having grown up in in the fashion in, industry many of my friends are gay and many just you know they just don't talk about their sexuality and i've been accused of being gay on America's Next Top Model. Well, that's because you're just English. Right. But I've never fought it either. But I, and you're absolutely right, because the English accent alone makes people say, oh, my God, he sounds so camp, or he sounds yes. so feminine, or he sounds so soft, or gentle, or caring, whatever. The reality is, is that I don't care what anyone thinks, and I refuse to fight that concept that's, oh, maybe I'm gay, maybe I'm not. I'm like, guess what? If I am, it's none of your business. And guess what? I'm not. So and if I am, I'm, I'm as happy as a runaway slave how I feel about it. I mean, I've been gay at birth. Well, I mean, I've been doing stuff. Banging out a few chicks every now and then. I mean, so wait a second, you, you, you have kids though. You have a boy. You have a son. You have yes, Boris. Yes, Boris is now 17, six foot two and a half, six foot three. He's asked me now for $1,000 jackets. Oh. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, let's get that summer job and I'll go half with you. Yeah, so what is Boris, what is Boris, you know, what, how is it for him? Interesting enough. Boris, his first experience with me in public being crowded by people was two summers ago when Rihanna was uh, in Paris with Luc Besson, and she was promoting the film Valerian, and I took him with me. And he kind of saw a little bit, I mean, when he was like 12 and 13, didn't really quite get it, then he got the internet, and he said, wait a minute, that's my papa do, that's my second father. Then he began to speak a bit more about it, and I took him. So explain the papa do thing for a second here, too. My ex-boyfriend is a doctor, cancer specialist, Dr. Vellant. From Slovakia, that's where that that's where the Slavic stuff comes in, because Boris would be spoken to at home in Slovak, French, and English. Mother's a French lesbian, father's Slovak cancer specialist, and I'm the, the insane American. So, so you all had a child together. Yeah, we we talked about it when and I and Doctor Alex were together. Um, she wants to have a baby. She asked one gay couple. They said no. Then she asked him, because they were colleagues, and I said, okay, fine, let's try. So we kind of did a little, you know, we wanked and put in the tube and said, you know, do what you have to do and hold your legs up. And I said, you want me to, you know, 
strip you. This is not the usual method, by the way. I don't believe this yeah. is definitely um, sort of the me, alternative method. Let me, let me. Do you want me to kind of like you know pound you? No, 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 no. So you did not have sex. This was no, definitely a cocktail she, mixture. She, it was a cocktail mixture. She did it privately. They did it in, in the office, and then bam, there he is, seventeen years later, shaken and stirred. <laughs> <laughs> It all comes round, people. <laughs> yes, and um, and there you have it. So I mean, he's a good kid. He spent, you know, he spent last summer here, and he's been in New York several times. He spent last summer here. And is he tough like you? He loves the military. That he does. He loves the military. He loves going out, living in the forest. You know, like for two, three days. Back, he's he's that kind of guy. So outward bounds kind of country. Yeah, he loves his animals. He loves his animals. And a little bit political too. If you go on his Facebook page, it's a little bit political about stuff. And um, so he's outspoken like you. He's, yeah, he's, he does he's, have he's a touch good. of you. You know, well, I mean, he says, you know, I mean, he looks like he. I see a lot of Slavic in him, but he's tall. He is tall, so maybe that was my little bit of that got through the net. But a lot of it is from the father and the mama. And um, and like I said, he's, he's he's a good kid. But right now, you know, he discovered me being in public and I gets it and then he sometimes he'll call me Miss J to, just to be funny and to get on my nerves but other than that uh, yeah he he understands that he knows the side is bread is butted on well I think it's fantastic first of all that you know and it's very lucky to have a child obviously but it's so fantastic your relationship with him yeah I'm gonna pull a, I'm you know, talk I'm gonna put a picture from so you can and, see and you know you have always been incredibly kind to my children you're one of the very few people I know who always asks about them um, you know, many well, of my I think, friends. I just think I think it's important to ask people about their kids. I mean, I know I know how you're doing because I already see you. Mm. But how are the kids? But I you truly care. Important. You've actually bought them mm. gifts, and you know, you send them things to say, "Oh, this will be nice for Jack," and you've given him clothes. You know, this is the tr the true Jay. This is the Jay that people don't often see. And I think that was one of the reasons, again, why you know I always said, you know, you have become a very close friend because you care. And I think that's a, a side that you know you don't often sh you know you you show it, but you don't show it. You're kind of like you have that. Tough love, you know. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, I, my friends are so diverse. Like someone asked me, can you please explain to me, you and David Grohl, how, I don't, uh, you, we've been friends for 11 years. But we, but you might just, but I'm at his house, the kids, the wife, I mean, that's just how it is. I've known David Grohl for so long. You know, Steve Tyler. I mean, these are people that I know because of TV. You know, because of being this person on TV, this insane person on television who sits next to that could be said the sometimes fucking boring Nigel Barker. Well, and, and, on, and on that note, you're doing a documentary on your, you're doing a documentary on yourself. Yes. Where does that come from? What are what are people going to learn about you that they, they, they that you don't reveal? What is it? What is this documentary going to be about? This shit they're learning right now on this podcast, shaking that stir. That's what they're going to learn a lot. And how are you going to do it? Is someone going to play you? Or are you going to go no, back in myself. time? No, I'm actually. I'm just going. I'm. You, you have to be in it. I mean, we're going to probably even come yeah. to the house. You have to be in it because I have to meet him. You know, later on today, it's the sweetest guy named o o Omino, who I met maybe twenty plus years ago. He says it's longer. And he's been on my ass, and he lives up there towards where you're living, actually. He lives up upstate, upstate, New, yeah, York. upstate New York. And he's been on my ass now for, the, for three years. I kept saying, yeah, 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 yeah. On he your said, ass, what does that mean? On my back, you know, like on my okay. case. On my, clearing yeah, 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 on my case for legal reasons. And um, he said, Jay, we should just do this. So my idea is to go to places I've lived around the world and go to the address and share stories in front of the building, or if I can get to the apartment, share stories from the apartment. Like this is here where I discovered, you know, anal sex. This is where I discovered, you know, you know, the, the, you know, how to be creative. This is where I learn how to cook. You know, things like that. Very simple. Everyday Every, stuff. Everyday, Everyday stuff. stuff. Yeah, normal, yeah, normal things like that. And then part of it will be animated from my book. Um, follow the model. We would do a few bits um, with sketchings and animation. And I found my old boss from 1976. I found her recently. And Where was she? She's on the upper side walking dogs. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's where she used to be my boss at Bergdorf Goodman, and that was just the last real job that I had, the real job. The longest jobs I've ever had in my entire life is SCAD University, which I work on both campuses. You know, what do you do for SCAD? I help. I, what I, is SCAD, first of all? Oh, SCAD is Savannah College of Art and Design. 
It's a huge school. And Andre Leontali is also quite involved, is he not? And that's how I got there because of Andre Leontali. Andre Leontali said, you need to get down there and help these girls, teach these girls how to walk, get these students. So I had to go down there and I helped two students and I coached all the students how to walk like models. And 16 years later, I'm still there. And I'm have to go back Sunday, actually. To teach them to, how to walk again. Well, Every I, no, season you're no, down no, there But I, I, I go cast a show for them in January or February. Usually in January, I, ca I cast both campuses. Then I go back. And then I, once we choose the models, well, I separate my piles. Then I go back in May and I coach them. So you're basically still doing America's Next Top Model, but you're doing it at SCAD. Yeah, with students, yeah. And, and, and each year they have a designer that they honor. I don't know if they're going to honor this year. And um, it's a great school, and it's been 16 years. 16 years. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think when someone sees a good thing... They want to keep it going. Well, it depends, you know, but sometimes good thing can be, for some people, can be like, ugh, you know, but other than that, it's a, it's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. Well, Jay, I think, you know, you're an amazing guy. You are one of my greatest friends, certainly from the fashion industry, and I call you a friend outside of that, a personal friend. Um, thank you for coming on Shaken and Stirred. And that's my 17-year-old. And that uh -huh. is his 17-year-old, the beautiful Boris. Oh. You are an amazing man. You're a lucky guy. And thank you for coming on, shaking and stirring it up. We're probably going to have to bleep the entire thing and subtitle it, um, which will be a first time to have to have subtitle a podcast. But uh, it may have to have this in Braille as well, just so that everyone can truly appreciate Miss J. Miss J, thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And um, hopefully when the documentary comes out, you'll see, you know, just what needs to be seen and, and understood and explained. And it may explain some things that people don't know about me. When's it coming? When do you, when's well, it coming we're out? we're pushing for like next year, so we're gonna start filming it as of April, and um, it's it's a lot of traveling, so a lot, a lot of traveling, and a lot of interviews. Well, and best then, of luck with that, yes. Jay. Thank you very much. And then I'll plug those two other TV shows that people got. One, you know, Queen Ages, and you know, Miss Jay's World, Fashion, Food, and Travel. See ya. Yeah, you Bye. See, there's never there's never any ending <laughs> with Miss Jay. I think we're <laughs> we're wrapped. <laughs> I love you. And this is not. I repeat, this is not an alcoholic beverage. Normally, I don't even have water in my hand on camera. So, do you want some more tequila in that, Jay? No, it's not. It is called lemonade. Lemonade with tequila. A little margarita here. The kind that Beyonce likes. Lemonade. Shake it, but don't stir it. Chin, old boy.